Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Welcome back to the In the Whisper podcast. I am super excited today to have as my guest, Julie Cole. For those of you that live in Logan County, you would probably remember years ago when there was a shooting at the West Liberty Schools, and Julie's son, Logan, is the young man that was shot during that uh, school shooting. I was so impressed with the faith and the grace that their family showed during that time. It was such an example of Jesus, and I so appreciate that they were able to do that in a time that was full of horror for them, I'm sure. So I'm so glad that she was able to be there, be here today. Thank you so much for coming, Julie. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So tell, tell me a little bit about your family. I have been married for 25 years to my husband, Ryan, and we have eight kids, actually soon to be 10. Um, our oldest daughter's married, and Logan is actually getting married this summer. Oh, yay. Yeah, so that's fun. Let's see, we've got Leah, Logan, Madeline, Gideon, Anna, Asher, Shiloh, and Thaddeus. So we've got a big family. We love it. And their ages range from? Our youngest is Thaddeus, and he is seven. And then our oldest is Leah, and she is, gosh, I better not get this wrong. I think she's 24. (laughs) I think she just turned 24. So yes, yes. And she's blessed you with a grandchild. So you literally could have babies for the rest of your life. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, not your babies. Yes, but. <laughs> I am very excited about the grandbabies, so it's it's a good thing. And Theo is spectacular, so yeah. he's a real blessing. Everyone always said, being a grandma is the best thing. And I thought, you know what, I'll bet it's great, but I really like being a mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can it be better? It is. <laughs> it is. Now, don't tell my kids I said that, but like... <laughs> It's just like you go and there's just like pure, unadulterated, yeah. like just joy and peace. So yeah. um, now he's still tiny. I'm sure he has <laughs> time to cause a ruckus, but I'm sure that will be fun too, from my perspective at least. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest is, she'll be 18 in May, my oldest granddaughter. And it does, it stays with It's you. still good? Yeah. All right, great. It's, it's amazing how much more patience I have for my grandchildren than I did. Like, they can make a mess in the mm-hmm. house and it's no big deal. It's a, it's a completely different ballgame. My kids are already like, oh my word, you would never do that with us. I'm like, nope, it's different. Sorry. <laughs> That's because I had you all the time. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's go to that morning. It was a Friday, I remember. I, I remember how I heard my husband has a it's a call-in radio show where they ask, it's called Reverse Trivia, and people uh-huh. call in and ask questions. And the very first caller called in and said, there's an active shooter at the West Liberty School System. Oh, mercy. And I remember thinking, being angry, and mm-hmm. thinking, you can't even know that. You're not at the school. You've mm-hmm. heard a rumor, and now you've called the radio station and said it live on the air. The whole county is going to panic. <laughs> Less than a minute later, Chad came on and said, indeed, there was a shooting. We don't have any more details than that right now, but there yeah. is an active shooter in the West and I even now get goosebumps because it's our home, our little town. Yeah. And that's how I heard about it. So tell me how you heard about it that morning. Let's see. The kids had already left for school and we had, Logan actually drove the kids. So I don't even think we took them that morning or maybe, maybe Ryan ran the younger kids over, but we came back home because Logan actually had a mock trial in Marysville. Right. And so the plan was 
I think he did take the kids to school. He came back home to pick me up and to get our daughter Shiloh. I think we were going to take her over to my sister-in-law's to, for her to babysitter. Anyways, he was in the middle of all of that, um, and Greg Johnson called me. Um, I guess he had tried to call Ryan, mm-hmm. um, and Ryan missed the call somehow, um, and he got a hold of me. And I just remember being in our kitchen and getting my coffee, and he said, Julie. I said, yeah. He was like, Julie, there's... He said, there's a shooter at West Liberty. The shooter has been apprehended, but Logan's been shot. And I remember thinking, like, I remember just thinking, why isn't he telling me Logan's fine? Like, you know, like, I was just in my mind, I'm like, you should start with Logan's fine, Logan's fine. Like, that's what, as I replayed that conversation, I'm like, and and Greg did beautifully, like, he did what he needed to do. And I remember thinking, do I want to ask him if Logan's okay? And I did ask him, and I said, I said, Greg, is Logan okay? And he said, he's still you think he said he's still alive and I said okay and so I remember Ryan by this point was out in the car Shiloh was I think four ish at the time and she was in the back and I said Ryan there's been a shooting at the school and Logan's been shot Ryan he kind of did like a double take like what are you talking about and um, I'm like no I'm 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 serious Ryan like we've got to get over to the school so we flew over to the school and it's just like I I remember like there are certain things I remember about that day very very clearly Um, the drive over there I I remember very very clearly because it's just interesting to me how different people process things so Ryan's Mm -hmm. way of processing it he was praying out loud the mm-hmm. entire way over there and I was joining in that some but my mind was like oh my gosh who would do this to Logan like Logan you know I and I don't know what it is about your psyche that makes you think and do different things I'm more impressed with Ryan's <laughs> immediate response than my own you know and I just remember thinking Logan's such a good kid I mean why would anybody want to shoot Logan like he's just I mean everybody likes him and he's he's a nice guy and I do remember Shiloh in the back all the way there was saying daddy slow down you're going too fast and we flew we flew there and we actually you know 68 from our road we only live about five minutes from the school from our road you take a left onto 68 and oftentimes we have a hard time getting out onto 68 because you have to wait for traffic both ways well we happened to get in right behind the ambulance that was going to the school and so we got in and we got and we came and greg did say we're out where you need to come around back by the football field and so i remember coming pulling in around back at the football field i mean it's it's surreal even reliving it but like I I remember pulling around back at the football field I remember seeing people staying around I remember seeing some of the teachers and coaches I believe were standing like in a circle and and praying and then um, I remember seeing Aaron Holler which the Hollers are really good friends of ours and I remember him standing at the door to kind of where we needed to go in at and I said Aaron Shiloh's in the back somebody needs to go get Shiloh and he said Julie don't worry we'll take care of her and I said okay so Ryan and I go into the bathroom um and like you know you're not really prepared for that you know like so like I kind of walked in and you know Logan was on the floor um he had uh, a number of people around him I mean Jake Vitt was there which Mm -hmm. he's you know uh EMT um and a good friend of ours but um he was there and I remember Jen Wilcoxon being there and I think Jen Dalthwaite was there like a number of people were there just trying to, to hold pressure on his wounds and stuff and you know I remember looking around and it was just, like I said, it's bizarre because I was kind of taking everything in. And I think Ryan, we both honed right in on Logan, but like you didn't know really what to do because they were getting ready to move him out. Um, so we actually got there before they actually had him on the bed. So they were getting ready to like transfer him to the board. And like, I remember looking and seeing like um, what it was, it was essentially the, the shotgun on the, on the wall. Like it was the shrapnel. And oh like, I remember seeing like, I, yeah, it was yeah, it was bizarre because you had to walk right by it because right. when you walked in, it's kind of like one of those little hallway doors, yeah. 
and it was right there, right by us when we walked in, and so you could not see it. Um, but it's kind of funny in hindsight because Logan doesn't even remember me coming into the bathroom yeah. like when we've talked to him. But he remembers Ryan right. coming in because Ryan asked him, he said, Logan, how are you doing? And Logan said, I'm I'm alive, Dad, or something like that. So they were getting him up on the board. And I just I know Ryan said to Logan, he said, you know, Logan, who did this to you? And, you know, and Logan's response was, you know, it doesn't matter, Dad. It doesn't matter. And so when you talk about like tone <laughs> for the rest of the day, the rest of that whole thing, I mean, I really do feel like that comment set the tone. Right. So, I mean, I think that comment and that and, and the people that have prayed us through this like hour by hour has very much changed the trajectory of this for us and I think a lot of people. So, so anyways, they were going to care flight him out. Um, and so the plan was to put him in the back of the squad and then go to the football field, and then they were going to care flight him to Columbus. And care flight couldn't come in because of the weather. I think it was too foggy or something. Oh, wow. um, so we were kind of disappointed because, you know, your thought is, gosh, just get him help ASAP. Right. And so they decided to take him to Mary Rutan and then be met at Mary Rutan with an ambulance to take him down to Children's. Um, they asked us if we wanted – once we got to Mary Rutan, they asked us if we wanted to go to Children's or if we wanted to go to, I think, to Riverside, somewhere in Dayton. Um, and we've got a history with children's. We love them. So that was that was kind of an easy pick for us. And I hopped in the ambulance with the ambulance driver, and Ryan followed behind us. And, you know, it's, it was seemed, I don't want to say okay, but it seemed like he was, they were they were just busy all around him, mm -hmm. all the way to Mary Rutan. Um, Mary Rutan was great. I mean, we I don't think we could have gotten better care than we got there. Um, they were well prepared for us <laughs> and well prepared for him. I remember just they let us be in the room with him. I remember by that point, we, we already had some family there mm -hmm. that knew what was going on. Oh, and kind of as a back, we didn't know this until we talked to people, but my mother and father-in-law, they actually live where they live at. It's kind of on the west side of town of West Liberty, mm -hmm. and they saw the ambulances going down and heard them going off so they kind of looked over and they could see him going down 68 and they just started praying for whoever those ambulances were going to not even realizing it was their grandson so but they they met us there from there i like i remember being in there with him and i mean you're not really asking a lot of questions at this point because they're just trying to, right. to like and he they didn't know he had been shot in the back also so they saw the wound on the front and did not know his back had he was been shot twice. he was shot twice so oh, i didn't know that either yeah yeah so i think i guess in hindsight i mean he does not remember being shot the second time so i think what ended up happening is he got shot it spun him Oh. And he got shot again in the back, and then he hit. I mean, when we got there, I remember them kind of stripping him down. And I remember, like, his pants, like, folding his pants up and kind of setting him, setting him under the, on top of his shoes and just, I guess, tidying up the way a mom would tidy up. I felt like I couldn't really do anything. So, like, I he was talking to them. And so he was giving them they're, – they're like, Logan, we're going to put you to sleep – it's kind of funny because it's Logan relays that situation. He remembers it all. Like, really? yeah. Um, and he was like, I was afraid they were, <laughs> he was like, I was afraid it'd be in like one of those movies where, you know, like they're saying, they think you're asleep, but like you're awake. Oh. If you just can't move anything. So I'm like, he was, yeah. So, so I'm like, dude, you've watched too many, too many <laughs> ER shows or something. But, um, but he, he, they put him down asleep <laughs> and then we took the ambulance over to um, Nationwide. Then when we got to Nationwide, obviously they were well prepared for us also. They had a team there waiting for him. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, um, so everybody was waiting. Everybody, you know, Ryan was right behind me, pulled in right behind me. We both got out. You know, he's texting me all the way there. Oh, something else, too. Like, I remember when we were on the way to the hospital, like, like I, I process trauma, I think, a little bit differently. In the moment, I'm pretty good in trauma. Right. You know, like, right. I, and I'm not saying that to, I'm certain it's only by the grace of God, but it's like, I do pretty good in the moment. And then at some bizarre time, days or weeks or a month later, I break down for no right. apparent reason. Right. And I'm like, I'm just processing it right it's now. But, um, right. So I, I felt like when we were driving over there, I was doing okay. Well, Ryan's brother called him. It honed into his speakerphone on the way there. Well, Ryan couldn't even really talk. Like he was so, and I, and I, and not that I was doing a tons better, but he said, you know, Jason said, you know, he said, Ryan, did you know that there's been a shooting at the school? And and uh, and I said, yeah, Jason, we know. I said, Logan was the one shot. And there was just like dead silence. Like he he like couldn't like he because yeah. he clearly had not heard that. So um, so anyways, we get to um, nationwide. They're well prepared for us. I think we had a CAT scan, x-rays all the things. Their goal at that point was just to stabilize him. Um, so they, they stabilized him down in the ER and then pretty much told us, like, you guys need to step out and then we'll, once we get him up in his room, in the ICU room, you can come back up. Well, I, I did it, but, like, I don't right. deal with that kind of stuff well. Right. Like, I, and I, I did. Maybe. Yeah, like, so I'm, like, I'm pretty much, I, I can be a little bit, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, to but point. yeah, and I know, but I was okay with that. But I was just in my mind, I'm thinking, what are you going to do to him? Like, why can't I go? You know, like yeah. obviously, but they they were great. They got him settled, and, and in that meantime, that it was good for us because we were able to go down. And by that point, nationwide had tons of people there. Like our entire family was in the waiting room of the ER, and then actually at nationwide, kind of over in the general lobby area, was like everybody else. <laughs> So like that, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like that. And it was actually kind of a beautiful thing. Like it from the, from the beginning, I just felt like we had all this support. And so, yeah, I remember seeing the kids and that was really good because obviously they were worried about things and I didn't have a lot of news for them. Neither one of us did except for that he was alive because we really didn't have a lot of news. I mean, we knew that they had stabilized him, but we had no clue the extent of the damage. And it was, it's bizarre because you, like I said, you saw the main wound on the front but you didn't see the back wound. And so they didn't, you know, they didn't realize that till Mary Tan. And so then, you know, you're trying to process like, oh my gosh, he's got, cause even at the hospital, like I remember talking to Jake and Jake was at first, they, I don't think they realized that he had two wounds. They're like, did this go through and through? Like, is this a wound that's gone completely through one side into the other? Like, you know, right. trying to make sense of it all. And so it was a while before we actually knew that there were two wounds. Um, Really not until later that evening, in the ICU, did we realize that no, there were there were two wounds, which is what they had kind of pieced together at the hospital. It was good to go see the kids. It was good to go talk to the kids. We didn't really get much of their experience at that point. I mean, right. it was kind of um, in hindsight, they were well taken care of. It's it's been interesting to see their stories. They've got their own stories right. for the day. That it was Logan while they were at the school, or did they find out later? They ended up finding now. Um, it's kind of a a little bit of a funny story. So at the time, they, I think they ended up going down to Crystal Johnson's room. I'm trying to piece together my time. I think, so Anna and Gideon, I think were both in seventh grade at the time. And Crystal is, of course, Greg's wife. Right. Um, and they're good friends of ours, really good friends of ours. Um, and I, 
think they brought Shiloh down there. Well, Gideon, which is our now freshman, he's very perceptive about life. And so, like, he kind of knew, he had a feeling once they brought Shiloh in that it was probably Gideon or probably Logan. Mm -hmm. And we didn't hear that story until later. And I... Crystal tells us, she was like, you know, so pretty much we got to the point, like once we knew the active shooter was gone, you know, we were trying to piece together as a school how we were going to deal with it, how we were going to get the kids back to their families, where we're going to meet at. You know, there's this whole other aspect to that day that really we weren't privy to until days, weeks later. So um, because we were just living our story Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, But anyway, she took him out of the room and on the way down, she Gideon makes a comment to Crystal, they better not have shot Logan thinking because he saw Shiloh and, and Gideon, not that it's like a huge leap, but Gideon's just a perceptive kind of guy. Like he kind of pieces things together pretty quick when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so they get down there and then I, I think Jason and Jamie, Ryan's brother and sister-in-law, which who also have kids at West Liberty, um, picked the kids up, took them to the house. And they said like, by the time they got to the house, they were multiple news crews and stuff already there then um, took them to the house and then left immediately for nationwide so Mm -hmm. and then so by the time we got down there after the mary rutan stint and after they got him transferred over there by the time we got there and saw him they were they were already there all in the er and i just remember this crowd of people and you know then of course everybody asking how logan was doing and we didn't have a lot of i mean it was good to hear he was alive i mean because stories stories fly and i think stories had flown too i mean about status of his health at that point and then I remember going down they almost immediately had somebody there from the attorney's office okay. in the Champaign County um oh, wow. Kevin Tlaibe's office right. um and the prosecuting attorney is what I meant to say so he his um Allison or Alyssa Wilson I believe her name is anyways she was great but they, it was like before like we were waiting to get into ICU for him to have everything set up like they met with us before we even got into ICU, you back into ICU with Logan. We had to say what statements we had at that point, yeah. which at that point we're kind of like, we don't know what's going on, you know? So he was there in ICU. Ryan and I slept on the floor, woke up often if we slept at all. And he, they put him in a coma. And then, so this would have brought us into Saturday. Well, he, by Saturday, I would say by Saturday morning, very early in the morning, he was stable enough that they were starting to consider him bringing him out of kind of this the induced the medical coma that he right. they had him in they started bringing him out of it and that was scary I was scared for for him like I was right. just scared of what he, he would like he would think and what his memories would be we would he even remember at all um and it was very clear from the get-go that he remembered everything wow. and that was really heartbreaking because like he um when we first asked him about it he started to break down and we're like Logan we can just talk about it later so yeah and we kind of stopped were they friends they weren't enemies. Like, they were just acquaintances. Um, they didn't hang in the same circles. No, they did not. Eh, ish. I mean, I, I would think most people would have considered Logan right. a friend to most people. Right. But, yeah, they didn't play the same sports or sports didn't line up. So right. they crossed paths, would say hi to each other. One time, they were in. we were in a 4-H group with them. Okay. And so we kind of knew him a little bit through that. I think we went to a small Christian school, Ryan and I both did, growing up. And I believe his mom... Eli's mom or stepdad went to school with us. I can't even remember which one it was. It's a little fuzzy right now. but So we kind of had a little bit of history with them, a little bit of history through 4-H, and then they were in the same grade at a very small school. So, right. you know, they they knew each other. So right. um, Now, that day, tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard that, that he was actually, his actions were heroic and probably kept other people from being 
shot because he kept him in the bathroom. Is that right? Yeah, that would be my assessment of it also. Um, you know, from Logan telling the story and from what we pieced together. I mean, and Logan was not the only heroic person. Like, when I look back, I can't I can't believe Greg and Andy. They just went in. Like, yeah. they just went in. Like, they went in and knew. Uh, I can't even imagine. But, um, yeah, so this is kind of the story of the bathroom was. So Logan walked in. Eli, he pretty much kind of walked down the little U-shaped hall and he saw Eli immediately. Eli was wearing a mask, and that mask has been kind of something that I think Logan has struggled with more long-term than I think other things. It's just the mask. He would see did the mask. Did he know it was Eli then? No. Okay. He did not know it was Eli then. Um, and I think I, I pretty much just think from what we're, we're understanding from what Logan's saying and what we know just by, by the forensic evidence and such is that Eli pretty much just was looking in the mirror, putting the mask on or adjusting the mask, mm-hmm. seeing how it looked, whatever getting ready to head out and shoot. I mean, by all intents and purposes, he had, I mean, his shotgun was loaded and then he had plenty of ammo in his backpack. So he, Logan, I think caught him off guard and it's, it's bizarre because like Logan was not, he was supposed to be already on the bus to go to mock trial. Mm -hmm. And there was something happened with one of the teachers caught in. And so they had to switch things around. And so they didn't quite get out as quickly as they wanted to. And so the mock trial kids were just kind of hanging in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just kind of waiting for the bus to get there so they could leave. Uh, and Logan just kind of went in to check his hair because he had like a suit on and yeah. like he was all dressed up and stuff. I'm probably a little nervous. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure he probably was. <laughs> um, but you know, so he went in just to check his hair, and I think he just caught Eli off guard. Eli swung around, hit hit Logan. Just I I don't think he. I, I don't really believe he was targeting Logan. I just think somebody was came into the bathroom and and it was hindering what he was planning to do. So um, I think he he hit Logan, and from what we're understanding is so Logan fell, and we think as he was spinning, like we think the shot spun him, and this is a little bit of liberties we're taking because obviously we don't right. we don't fully know, but it would appear that the shot spun him, and then he shot him again, and that's when he had the shot the wound in the back, and then Logan hit and busted his teeth. It's funny because in the uh, in a funny, not so funny kind of way, right. like that's one of the things that bugged him the most in the hospital was his teeth. And so, like in the in not not the looks, but the, the nerves, the exposed yeah. nerves, because it just broke them off. And so the, those were hurting. So I, I guess whatever painkillers they were giving him at Nationwide weren't good enough to cut the the nerves in his teeth. But anyways, he fell, hit the ground, he knocked out for a little while. Um, and so the next thing he remembers is hearing shots. So. Logan was on the ground, and when you talk about somebody coming in, Mr. Thomas came into the bathroom because they thought the, all the construction, they, they didn't right. know what it was, mm-hmm. saw Eli with the gun, saw Logan on the ground, left to go kind of, I guess, protect his class. Eli ran out after him and shot at him, oh and he shot into a couple of the doors. And I think that's where one of the pellets got into one of the kids, the high schoolers too. Um, he, yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, was when he shot into the doors and stuff, but from what we're piecing together, I mean, I think he was actually aiming at the teacher. He went in, um, he shut the doors behind him. He came back in to reload and saw Logan on the floor, not dead. Um, and he said to Logan, you know, Logan, you're still alive. Or he said, you're still alive. I don't know that he used Logan's name, but he said, you're still alive. And Logan said, yeah, I'm alive. Well, he went back to, and I'm not sure if that conversation happened as Eli was walking in 
or as Eli was back, but he had put his backpack on the back on door the back stall of the bathroom, and he went back there to reload. Logan kind of had drug himself to that back area, so he was actually by then Eli had the mask off, and Logan just said to him, you know, Eli, you need to you need to go get help. And he said, nobody has died yet, which, you know, Logan's like, in hindsight, he was like, how did I know nobody had died yet? Because he was like, I heard him shoot the guns. I know he tried to kill me. Like, you know, like, how did I know that? So Logan's like, you know, Eli, nobody's died yet. You need to go get help. Eli, for whatever reason, turned the shotgun on himself and told Logan to pull the trigger. And Logan said, Eli, I'm not going to do that. You need to go get help. It's not too late. Go get help. About that time. Andy McGill yelled in Mm -hmm. and was just kind of like, hey, boys, what's going on in there kind of thing, not knowing really what was going on in there. Greg was out there also. They just walk in. They could have gotten blown away at or shot at just like Logan did, and they just walked in. And at that point, Eli just slid the gun out under the stalls, and essentially that was the end of it. They they took the gun and put it in the trash can, I think, from what I I understand, and Eli gave himself up. So Yeah. Maybe Logan talked him into it. Gosh, your son is so brave. He is brave, I agree. What an amazing young man. You were talking about the coma. Mm -hmm. He came out okay. I know he had some surgeries, too. Yeah, he did come out okay. He had multiple surgeries while he was there. It was mostly to kind of debride the wound, if I said that correctly, debride the the wound. Yeah. He also had, so one of the things, like he was so hungry, he wanted to eat and they would not let him eat. Like once he was kind of with it, well, a couple of things. So Saturday, by Saturday morning, afternoon, he was pretty much back. He was completely aware and with it. Now he was a little bit drugged up, but he was mentally there, sleeping a lot, obviously. And he really wanted to see his friends. Like that was really important to him. And pretty much they would have to change the dressings on his wounds and they weren't able to do that without sedating him because it hurt so badly. And so he had to be to a point where he could not get additional sedation mm. with the wounds for him to get out of ICU for him to be able to see visitors. And so that became his new goal. So like he really wanted to see his friends. And so Saturday he was kind of determined by Sunday he was going to do the best he could to not have to have it. He did it. Like he he got upset and they they didn't give the additional sedation for the wounds he was able to take it that strongest kid I know know. um and because he wanted to see his friends well then all of that happened and then he still couldn't see his friends he got moved out of ICU on Sunday there was a concern with at the time we didn't know if Logan had been targeted if our family had been targeted now that was never our vibe but from a police perspective they didn't know that so they were very much flagging anybody from seeing Logan just out of until they had figured out like the threat was gone now in hindsight that seems a little silly because I mean that wasn't what was going on but uh, we didn't know that at the point at that time so so anyways by Monday he was actually able to see people and that was very healing and helpful for him so because as sure as I'm I'm sure he just adores his mother and father (laughs) (laughs) but friends to a 16 year old are very important so and he's got really good ones so yeah well and he probably want to make sure they were all mentally okay yeah yeah I'm sure that he did that's I, a lot for a school to take on it was and there are so many stories that 
I, I don't know, like in the last five years, I've just heard so many stories where I'm just like, oh my word, like I cannot believe how how, how it just impacted. And when you have a K through 12 school on one building, of course, right. of course it impacts right. a lot of people. Everybody has their own story of that day and we're impacted to right. varying degrees. It was, yeah, I, I've heard some of those stories myself. You, you talk about Logan set the tone for that day when he said it doesn't matter, Dad, mm-hmm. to who, who did this to you. And later in the day, Ryan had posted a just something really quick onto Facebook saying, here's what we know about Logan. He could do your, your prayers here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. Please pray for Eli and his mom. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed in the middle of chaos, <laughs> in the middle of unknowns right he was able to take two or three minutes Mm -hmm. and give an update but also say please pray for Eli and his mom and that impressed me so much and I know (laughs) you and I were talking earlier and on our own we can maybe not do that but but in obedience to God he was able to do that so it's still (laughs) yeah really big deal yeah and I was just so impressed with that I didn't know the piece about Logan yeah but for you all to have that kind of grace Uh. in chaos (laughs) you know it's I can even later on having grace right you all had grace in chaos yeah I we did like it's it's humbling for me for people to kind of be like oh you guys had so much grace because I mean honestly it was God shining through us like it was not anything we were doing I mean and I do think like when you go through something like that you know you fall back to what how you were brought up and what you know like I mean and it's I don't want to say it's a sad truth because it's life but like it to a degree you know, when you're struggling with something so immense that you don't even really know how to process it, you go back to what your basics are. And your basics are love Jesus, love people. And I think that that's, and and, and Logan very much set the tone for that. Like it it struck Ryan and I as his parents that, you know, that he would say it didn't matter, you know? And, And I will say, I mean, like we prayed before we even left the school. And I remember Logan being in the ambulance waiting for the 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 flight to come not knowing yet that they couldn't do that but and and being in a circle with a group um and we weren't the only one praying for eli and his family so i mean you know yes we were the most forefront person and Mm -hmm. we were the person that was that was saying what we were saying because we had the platform at the time it it was the people at west liberty it was not just us so it was the right thing to do, and it was, I, I mean, I'm glad. I, I mean, I honestly, I still pray for them. I mean, I, I really do, and I know Logan does also, so. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, he's feeling that. Um, yeah. I, I know he's he's in prison, right? He is, yeah. yes. Yeah, I thought so. So tell us, how is Logan today? Logan is good. Um, he, this is always a tricky question for me because compared to what he could be, he right. is spectacular. So, like, right. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever get over being that close to losing him. And and that's okay because joy and sorrow can coexist. Like, it's not. <laughs> so, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I still look at things or I, he'll still do things even five years later where I'm like, oh, my, if he wasn't here, we wouldn't have this or we wouldn't right. get experience this with him. Yeah. You know, so in that regard, he's doing amazing. Like, he really is. I think. You know, I mean, and he would say this out of his own mouth. I mean, he struggles with depression a little bit. Like, I think he gets down sometimes. But I don't know that that's so much different than 
regular regular right. people do. Um, and then, I, you know, he does have a little bit of anxiety in crowded places a little bit. I think that that gets to him sometimes. But overwhelmingly, his mental health is very good, very good. And like I said, I I can't even say that without saying I know it's because people are still to today praying for him. I mean, we've got family in Cincinnati, and she will still her, – her little kiddos for probably five years straight have every night been praying for Logan. Like, you know, like it's just – it's precious. It's beautiful. It's the way God intends things. And yeah. so we can take that from that. Um, from a health perspective, he's doing well. You know, his lead levels never got back down. So he, I cannot remember what his high was, but he was in the 40s. Um, and I remember, you know, it was bizarre because like we were at that hospital for two weeks or 15 days or whatever it was. And lead levels was never anything even on anybody's radar, like, you know, nobody, nobody once that entire time said anything to us about being concerned about his lead levels. But, you know, as I was in the hospital for that time with him, I started doing research on it. Well, you know, shotgun pellets are dirty. Like they're, they're a very dirty wound. So, you know, that, that was a big theme throughout the process of why, when he was in there, um, which is keeping the wound clean and, and making sure he didn't get an infection. And it is by the grace of God. I mean, it is, I mean, a miracle is the only way I know how to say it, that he didn't get an, infected, an infection. He got not one infection the entire time that he was there. Um, wow. And then, yeah, and then, like, he he even had, like, the pellet. You know, he had a pellet that they were doing the test on him to see if he could eat. So the poor kid just wanted to eat. Um, and I don't think he ended up getting to eat until, like, Monday. But oh, they had wow. to do a swallow test on him where he drinks some weird stuff. I don't know, yeah. probably some sort of, I'm sure there's a medical term for it, but we drink, and then they take like x-rays or whatever of it going down his, you know, his um, esophagus and everything just to make sure it isn't leaking out anywhere. Cause they didn't know if he had holes oh, anywhere right. in. So if he did eat, he could be contaminating his body because they didn't know where he, they, where they hid. It could have been anywhere. In the wow. process of that, they kept seeing this little pellet, like bobbing, like, and the guy was like, the tech was like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about? And he pointed to it. And he's like, I don't know what that is. It's moving right there. And he looked, well, a pellet had gotten to his heart. So, oh, uh, yeah, so the pellet had gone. I mean, our, the best thing we can figure is it, it, because it was not in his heart when he had the CT scan, I think it was, because he cannot do an MRI. I think an MRI is the one where with metal you can't do. So he can never have an MRI. So, um, But, like, the CT scan, it was not. They did one of those when he first got there on Friday, and it, there was not a pellet in his heart. And when he went and did the swallow test, there was. So it had migrated to his heart. So then we kind of get on this, we switch gears a little bit to this whole, but the good news was, is he could eat. So like, there might've been a pellet in the heart, but there was not one <laughs> in an esophagus. So like, <laughs> so I don't know. So he was a happy boy because he was able to eat, but um, that kind of started us on this other yeah. track of just kind of having, so he had EKG and sure enough, there was a pellet in his heart. Um, so then we had to try to figure out how to get the pellet out of his heart and what yeah. to do about that because, you know, that those are so dirty. And so, like, you can get a heart infection. Right. Not a good thing. Um, and so they had to figure out what to do about that. Anyway, so they ended up going in and doing a heart cath on him. And it was just – it's bizarre because we know the heart team well because at the time we had one child with a heart condition, heart yeah. disease. And so we knew the heart team. And so here the heart team comes up here. It was so weird because our daughter, she actually ended up having open heart surgery like two months after all this happened with Logan. And they had just decided on that Friday, they had met for her in conference and had decided that she needed to have this open heart surgery. Well, her cardiologist actually came up to our room 
after Logan got shot to tell us that she needed to have open heart surgery. And so, but it was kind of neat in the way. Yeah, I know. He was like, I can't believe I'm coming up here. But like, but it was the thing that was neat about that is we knew them. Like we, we, we felt comfortable with them. And I'm telling you what, her, her heart cath doctor was spectacular. He ended up going in and not being able to get it. Like he couldn't get it. It was behind one of the, the flaps and it had lodged itself. So like, and to try to go in and dig that out would have damaged the flap, which would have put other right. heart conditions, other issues with that. Anyways, he ended up going and doing this high pressure air and blew it out and into his lung. So it's, it's, now it's, in, his lung. Now it's in his lung, but it's not in his heart. So we're, we're taking that as a win. Um, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> But yeah, so that was I. That would be a rabbit trail I got off on. But um, so yeah, he wanted to eat, and he finally got to eat, and then he did a heart cast. So that was one of the surgeries, and then the rest of the surgeries were mainly. I think he ended up having three, maybe four procedures, including the heart cath. Why we were there in those two weeks, uh-huh. they they had to put some. I'm losing the technical names for things. I knew them at once, but I mean, I they essentially the wound on his back was so big. I mean, the the doctor said that she could stick her whole in and and like touch his spine like that's how that bad yeah and there was a real worry because of where the pellets were like he actually had pellets that permeated all the way into his spinal column right and so they did not know if those had nicked his spinal cord um and so like and he would be you know they would have all this padding on the back and he would be laying in bed well they would lean him up to train change the dressings and the whole back of the bed would be wet just from the wound oozing and like it, not to get too graphic but and they didn't know if he was leaking spine, spinal fluid or not um and then you can get like spinal meningitis there are right. all kinds of issues with that i mean so many things could have gone terribly wrong and not one of them did. Not one of the bad things, worst case scenarios that could have happened. And there were so many. And there were so many. Like, I'm not even recalling all of them or, you know. But so anyways, he probably had four procedures, three or four procedures, like where he was put under. Uh-huh. And then he went home on, it's called a wound back. Yep. back and they yep. kind of just goes and it's 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 actually pretty genius. Yeah. Yes. Um, but he had to go, I think, twice a week at first and then down to once a week to have those changed out. And every right. time he did that, he had to go like to the procedure room and then they would have to give him something. He wasn't totally out, but he was mostly out just for the pain because it was so painful to do. Yeah. Um, and so Probably they... That size. Yeah. yeah um, on both the front and the back. So that's, that's kind wow. of his process. Um, but, and now he... Play soccer. He, he went back. Soccer. He played high school. He played his senior year. Didn't he played he? his senior year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so by he's not afraid. No, he is definitely not afraid, and he worked hard. Like soccer actually ended up being a pretty big, a big motivator for him. Like uh-huh. he wanted to get back to soccer. Like, gosh, I remember when he was. Home. It was like the first week he was home, so it would have been two and a half, three weeks post shooting. And he had, you know, he had the full. He had to wear a full neck right. brace, and it wasn't just the neck. And it was really bizarre how to fit it because. They didn't want it hitting right on the wounds, and he had a big wound in the front, yeah. big wound. So it was just complicated. So he was yeah, the yeah. They, the care was a little complicated, but we decided to go for a walk because it was good for him to get outside. And yeah. so, like, it was. I remember going, and we had a relatively warm day, and we went and walked with his cousins and stuff. We're walking around, and he goes and like goes over and like kicks a soccer ball, and I'm like, "Take it easy, dude." But that was kind of the way he worked. Like he just he got back into school almost immediately. You know. Uh, Mr. Johnson was wheelchairing him around. His friends were spectacular. I mean, he had friends down there almost every single night playing euchre with him. I've got pictures of him and his friends playing euchre. So 
they came in clutch. They still come in clutch. I mean, yeah. same with the whole community at West Liberty. They've been beyond what we would ever have expected. So. Yeah. I do remember when you were talking about the whole community praying for Eli, I do remember the pastor, one of the pastors. I know there was a huge church, several churches got together, I think at mm-hmm. Quest, but right. it was many, many churches. Yes. And they, they talked about, we will be you know praying for Logan and his family and all these mm-hmm. things, but we're also going to pray for Eli. Yeah, and definitely. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. hopefully those, those prayers are working for him. So I hope so. Well, I so appreciate you sharing this story. <laughs> it's, you know, we just live in a little county in Ohio, and to have something like this happen, it was just almost unimaginable. And for it to be your son, and you'd have to go through all of those things. Oh, trust me. And I, I did not know he was shot twice, so that's yeah. new information to me. And mm-hmm. um, that's just crazy. It is very crazy. <laughs> yeah. But you said he's getting married? He is getting married in the summer and um, is very excited. We love her to pieces. So, oh, nice. yeah, it's a good thing. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, I think you just have to focus. Like, I think something we've done successfully with God's help is focusing on, like, the good in all of this. Like, you know, I think, I think it seems very big to people and it was very big to us like it's probably one of the most defining things that's ever happened well it definitely is the most defining thing that's ever happened to our family but like you know it forces you into places in your faith that you don't want to go but you sometimes have to go to sharpen you in the way that God wants to sharpen you so you know I'm sitting there kind of like I mean I really this hard-headed that I have to like (laughs) I I mean I I think I must be I, I don't know but like but it really has just me as a personally in my faith faith it's it's taught me there's always something good to focus on so you know it even in the hospital even with all the bad stuff even with even with i mean you can put anything you want to behind that i mean god gives you things to focus on and, it, and it's kind of your choice whether you want to focus on the bad or whether you want to focus on the good and i think and I, like i said i believe this is by god's grace because i think my nature is very mama bearish and yeah. very claws out. But I, I think when I look back at that situation, for whatever reason, I'm just able to see the, like the overwhelming good that happened through it and the overwhelming friends we made and the community that we adore. And there's a deep core like feeling of that there's always going to be an ache there. Like there's, I oh, think there's yeah. always going to be a hurt there because something was taken from Logan that shouldn't have been taken from Logan and something was taken from our family that shouldn't have been taken from our family. So, you know, there's always this sense of we were wronged, you know, but there's a bigger sense of the grace that God shows on us, the grace and the, I don't know, the love that the community has shown us. And I don't know, like when I think back on that, like that is the overwhelming feeling I have. And I'm grateful for that because I think you could walk away from this feeling bitter or upset and and you know and it's not that I never feel those feelings but those aren't the feelings I stay in those are the ones that kind of fleet and the ones I stay in are the good stuff and the blessings we experience through that so and that's that's a gift I mean that's a gift that we're able to be on this end of it feeling that way about it And, and he's doing so well he is doing so well so I always ask my guests two questions all right first one what are you reading right now Ah, we are doing a New Testament, so Galatians is what I'm reading right now. So um, we are doing a study with actually some 
some of my friends at Bell Fountain Grace. Um, uh-huh. So we actually go to Church at Quest. We, uh, I'm in a Bible reading group with them, and this is kind of our third year doing this. And so Galatians is what I'm reading. So I am honestly not a big book person. Uh-huh. It is it is a struggle for me to read anything. <laughs> like I, I, it just it's just not me. So. <laughs> I, I don't have time and I don't make time right. and it's just, it's not my thing. So the, important, the only important books. Right. So like, I'm like, if I'm going to read one thing, it might as well be the Bible because that's the yeah. most, uh, that's the, the what I need. So that's awesome. And the second is what's bringing you joy right now? <sighs> that's a very good question. Um, I think I, I have just always found great joy in my family. Yeah, definitely my kids and my husband and my family. I mean, that's a simple answer. Because they're kind of what I go back to every time. Like if I'm really frustrated about something or what. I mean, we've just, we've been so blessed. Like we just, we are beyond blessed. And so that's, that brings me joy. Just just spending time with them. So. That's awesome. Yeah. You've got a a great one. So that's that's, that's the way to do it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you sharing your story for us to hear. My pleasure. It's all about overcoming. And boy, you guys have overcome a lot. Ah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Friends, I so enjoyed meeting Julie. This is the first time that we've met, and I enjoyed meeting her. Her joy is so infectious. She has an incredible love for God and her family and the grace that they all shared with the world that they tell you can only come from God was just beautiful. They lived through a time of chaos and miracles that most of us never have to deal with and they did it with so much grace and so much love and I am just inspired by Logan's story and by the way that Julie handled the whole situation. They are just a wonderful family. Next week on the In the Whisper podcast, I will have Haley Palmer. Haley is going to talk about her quest to show women how they look in the eyes of God, the beauty that they have in how God sees them. Now Haley's ministry is a makeup ministry, but it's not about the beauty that she puts forth for women. It is her time spent with women, ministering to them, telling them how much God loves them and how God sees them. And yes, they do end up beautiful after that. And it's just such an incredible way to reach out to women and show them how God sees them. So next week, we're going to talk to Haley. Until then, as always, I am thrilled that you spent some of your time here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you would subscribe or leave a review because it helps get this podcast out to more people. So again, thank you for listening to the In the Whisper podcast. Until next time, I'm Nita Wilkinson.